You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, Bucknoters. Welcome to what we learned live following Ohio State's 37 to 3 win over Minnesota. Kind of game I like to see, you know, pretty much in hand before you know it. Although, I mean, it was just 13 nothing at halftime. And then, how about those 67 seconds to begin the second half? Touchdown, Travion Henderson, fumble recovery, JT Tumolo out, touchdown, Buckeyes, boom, 27 nothing before we know it. Welcome into the show. I am Dave Biddle. I'll be joined in a moment by Bill Curlick for the latest on recruiting. I'll be joined by Heater. I'll be joined by Mark Neal. And then following postgame interviews, I'll be joined by Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon from Ohio Stadium. Looks like Iowa is going to hold on and clinch the JV division, which will set up Ohio State and Michigan next week for the varsity division. Again, welcome into the show. I feel like Ohio State is peaking at the right time. Michigan just had their worst game of the season today. They won. And frankly, it's it kind of was perfect. You know, I, I actually wouldn't – I mean, if they would have lost, that would be funny. But, like, it's kind of perfect. Like, Michigan didn't look good, but they still won. But Maryland, like, gave them a heck of a game. We're going to just jump right to that. Brian on Facebook, who wins next week, Dave? Ohio State is my prediction. How about we do that? So let's get to it. So Travion Henderson, wow. Difference maker. Not breaking news there, but Travion Henderson, a complete difference maker. I mean, this is exactly like when he was a freshman and you projected it out to his junior year, this is what you were thinking. And he wasn't there until like now. And he's there. He looks great. He absolutely looks great. The defense. Hats off to the defense. Jim Knowles and the defense. Hats off. Hats off. Again, just 13-0 at halftime. And then 67 seconds into the uh, second half, they've more than doubled their lead. Two touchdowns on 67 seconds. Loved it. Also love seeing Dallin Hayden in there. He's not played in three games. He can play in one more and still red shirt. Jack Sawyer. How about that? Jack Sawyer. Left a lot to be desired the first couple of years. You're thinking, is he Jack Sawyer really a five-star? Yeah, now, now he's playing like it. Jordan Hancock continues to prove he's a dude. One of the many things we learned, Jack Sawyer, Jordan Hancock, these super juniors. Sucks that Mike Hall's out. Hopefully Mike Hall can play next week. I won't be surprised if he's also out, but um, these super juniors, Tui Molo Wow, Tyleek Williams, Jack Sawyer, Jordan Hancock, 
Denzel Burke, on and on and on. Tommy Eichenberg was held out tonight. I imagine he will be able to play next week. Kudos to Cody Simon. I thought he played well. Good to see some young bucks in there. Caden Curry, Kenyatta Jackson, Gabe Powers, Hero Canoe, CJ Hicks. So just a good all-around win right there. I mean, Kyle McCord, I was really worried, like, at the end of the first half. I'm sure you guys were. I was like, just run the, you know, at the last play of the first half. I'm like, just just take a knee. It's It was third and 12 from Ohio State's 19. And I'm like, just take a knee. And, um, you know, I was worried McCord got hurt there, but he did not. So we'll, we'll hear from Bill Curlick in about uh, four or five minutes. About 15 minutes, we'll hear from Heath Schneider, and then we'll hear from Mark Neal. Again, I mean, I, I'll I'll take this uh, win and run with it any, any time. And again, I'm like looking at this uh, Iowa game. Looks like Iowa's going to salt this away. Win that JV division 15 to 13 over Illinois right now. But again, if you're just joining us, Ohio State 37 to 3 over Minnesota. Would have liked to see some backups in there early, but when you're up there 13 to nothing, then I guess you got to play more starters than you'd like to. Let's get to some of your. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're back and forth. A lot of people are saying McCord played well, McCord was not good. I mean, I'm somewhere in between. I'm just glad he's healthy. Like, I was concerned that, like, especially that hip drop tackle. I'm like, man. I was concerned that he was hurt, that he that you know that he busted up his knee. So I'm just glad that Proctor's okay, or excuse me, that McCord's okay. <laughs> he says McCord sucks. Stop it. Okay. It is. I mean, this is yes. Ryan Dennis on YouTube. Dave, is this a game about what you expected? Yes, pretty much. Thirty-seven to three final. I picked. I predicted. 34 to 6. So I actually predicted that uh, Minnesota would keep it closer than they did. 37 to 3, about what I predicted. I predicted 34 to 6. It was 37 to 3. And I thought if Ohio State got a big lead, they would take their starters out of the game and get ready for next week. I would have liked to see McCord out of there even earlier. Thank goodness he's not hurt. But yeah, it is what I expected. Pretty much. RM on YouTube is McCord healthy. I mean, he looked like he was still a little gimpy, but, like, he, he'll be all right. He'll be all right. He's not a running quarterback, as we all know. Do you guys think, like, a Michigan assistant coach is going to get fired tomorrow? It feels like that just happens, like, all the time now. Too soon? Sorry if any Michigan fans are in our audience. Hello. Good to see you guys. You guys are having a great year so far. So Matt Weiss fired, Connor Stallions fired, cheating scandal, Harbaugh suspended twice in the same year. I don't think I've ever seen a sports coach in the history of sports get suspended twice for three games in the same year for separate violations. That is impressive. I have never seen that in sports, regardless of sport. Never seen that. So Harbaugh, it's an impressive feat there. Yeah, did Sharon, I, didn't, I didn't see Sharon Moore's post-game press conference. I'm sure it was it was it was really riveting as usual. 
All right. Uh, before I forget, let me get this out of the way. Pay a little bills here real quick. Before we get Bill Curlick in here. Yeah, you guys can hear. Yeah, you guys can laugh at me ahead of time. That's right. If you're a gentleman out there, you got to get your uh, manscaped on. You got to. You have to. Otherwise, what are you doing? All right, here we go. I mean, there is a reason Manscaped has completely like blown up as one of the top companies in the country. And I love that they're one of our partners. And yes, I know. Again, as I keep saying, it's not lost on me that Bucknuts and Manscaped. Kind of a match made in heaven. And here is their, there's going to be a great deal for you guys. And here's their message for you. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's a ball trimmer sent from space. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand-new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Heath Schneider loves it. I'm talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever your shave mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultra Sphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS. High-tech for low places manscaped again get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code bucknuts at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code bucknuts at manscaped.com i can promise you've never seen a ball trimmer look like a spaceship get yours today from our friend at manscaped we'll hear from heath schneider later i mean he's been in the air force he probably has seen a ball shimmer ball trimmer sent from spaceships but who knows from space but Bill Curlick, I don't know if Bill Curlick's ever seen that or not. Bill, what is the latest we need to know about recruiting, my friend? Welcome to the show. What a way to make an entrance, huh? But uh, uh, always good to be here. And um, now it is the team up north week, certainly. And, and like you, Dave, I think um, we're probably happiest that I don't think there were any significant injuries. We made it. Yeah, I mean, I was worried. Did were you worried about McCord first play or that last play yeah. of the? Uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, hip, that hip drop tackle. I was like, oh shoot. Yeah, I think, and and I just uh, saw him interviewed, and he said he was fine, good to go. Uh-huh. So, uh, as the as the clock was kicking that clicking down at the end of the third quarter, I was thinking, just a few more plays to get those starters out of there, and uh, good to go. Looks like. Now, the team up north, though, they maybe had a few injuries today, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Yeah, and they finally had to play a real football game. I thought their first real football game would be at Penn State, and it kind of was. They have not played a real game, and today they did. Oh, we're less than a week away. I can't wait. All right, we'll talk about that all week. I want to know the latest on recruiting. What's the main thing we need to know about recruiting from the dean? Well, uh, as you can imagine, it wasn't a big weekend. They had two huge weekends. Um, They had the Penn State weekend where they had just a tremendous group in terms of numbers and in terms of talent. And then they had the night game, the Michigan State weekend, where they had maybe not quite the numbers, but the high-end talent was tremendous. So those were the two big weekends. This one wasn't like that. Um, But it – at one point appeared that uh, it could be pretty significant still 
in that uh, they had an official visit scheduled and they had three or four guys that are high four or five star guys. Unfortunately, two of them didn't make it. Uh, the official visitor, uh, Carlin Jones, he is a defensive lineman from that is committed to Nebraska from Texas. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't make it to Ohio State this weekend. What happened was he, in his game last night, in the playoff game, they lost 36-28, and um, he got something that's pretty unusual, kind of a full-body cramp where his, his entire body cramped up. Uh, he had to go to the hospital immediately after the game, uh, IV and all that, and um, he just was not good to go. Um, even so, he really wants to get to Ohio State make an official visit. He thought about trying to get out here still today, but when they found out that um, the earliest he could get to Ohio State uh, with what happened would be maybe the middle of the third quarter. And Larry Johnson told him, no, you know, we don't want to rush you through the process. You, you know, you miss most of the game uh, and all that. So they have rescheduled his visit for the weekend of December 8th. So that was a bit of disappointment. And then the other one was Naheem Offord, the number two cornerback in the country for the class of 2025. He was going to make an unofficial visit, but instead he decided to stay a little closer to home. Uh, he is from the South, and he decided that uh, the Georgia-Tennessee game would be the one to go to. So those two didn't make it. On the good side of things, Julian Juju Lewis, the number one player in the country for the class of 2026, and we all know how important quarterback recruiting is for not only Ohio State, but everybody, but especially the Buckeyes. He was at Ohio State today, and again, he's a USC commitment, but uh, he is looking around a little bit, and Ohio State uh, was very happy to get him on campus. Uh, Dorian Brew, who now lives in Texas, he is a five-star corner from the class of 2025. You got Christopher Burgess, a defensive end from Illinois. Uh, and an interesting young one, Ta uh, Talon Taylor. He is a wide receiver, class of uh, 2025 uh, from Illinois. He visited Ohio State today as well. So there were some some important, significant visitors. I want to ask you about Tavian St. Clair. Um, not to put you on the spot, but man, I thought that kid had a really good year. Regular season, good year, eight and two. Lost to London, lost to Coldwater. Okay, then beat a, you know an okay team first round. Then goes to London and you know beats London in their own place. Then goes and, and beats Granville. I mean, this kid and then barely loses to Watterson. I mean, Tavian St. Clair, a junior at Bell Fountain, big time year for him, Bill. Yeah, he's the real deal. He completed, um, I believe it was close to 75% of his passes this year. In fact, I know it was close to 75% of his passes this year. Um, like you said, uh, London is was he's a really good team this year. They had beaten St. Uh, Tavian St. Clair's team 36-6 to during the regular season. Tavian's team beat them in the playoffs. And, you know, that was a shocker. Columbus Bishop Watterson, a really good team. Uh, they lost to them, but, but you know, as you said, Dave, it was a close game. I saw them last week in person. St. Tavian St. Clair uh, had a good game as they beat a 12-0, then 12-0 Granville team. So he had a terrific year. And, you know, it may not be the best thing to, to bring this name up to you right now, Dave, but uh, in some ways Tavian reminds me a little bit of Joe Burrow. And I, I, I say that with Joe going down with the injury uh, the other, the other great night. Week, great week for Ohio uh, yeah. pro quarterbacks. Oh my! Yeah, is, this, is, this, is this not the most Ohio <laughs> pro sports thing ever? 
in the exact same week the Browns and the Bengals lose their starting quarterbacks for the season. Yeah, hard. Oh, just hard. You know, when I saw that thing cross uh, cross ticker about uh, Deshaun Watson going down with a broken shoulder, collar, shoulder, I said that can't be true. He didn't even have a shoulder injury, and sure enough. But uh, anyway, Tavian in some in in one way reminds me of Joe Burrow, and that Tavian can run the ball. He definitely can run the ball, and he's a big kid, uh, similar size to Joe Burrow, six four, about two hundred twenty pounds, and um, he'll run it when need and he needs to. But he keeps plays alive long enough to complete the pass first, which was what Joe Burrow was so good at doing in high school and then in, into the NFL. So. Uh, not trying to put the pressure on Tavian to, to compare him to Joe Burrow, but in that way, he does remind me of him. I'll get you out here on this. Anything else we need to know about recruiting before I let you go, my friend? Well, it, it'll be interesting uh, uh, with a couple guys this weekend. Does Amaris Williams, the defensive end, currently committed to Florida, does he make his decision uh, this week or next week? And I have him crystal ball to Ohio State right now. That would be an absolutely huge flip for the Buckeyes. Uh, another guy to keep an eye on is, is Gabe Van Sickle, an offensive lineman committed to Northwestern. He's going to make his decision either this week or next week, and Ohio State is hoping to flip him from Northwestern to the Buckeyes. You've got Chance Robinson, a wide receiver from uh, Florida that's committed to Miami. Uh, he is going to make his decision probably early this week between Ohio State Ole Miss or staying with his Miami commitment. So those are some guys to keep an eye on. And then, of course, uh, with the game in Ann Arbor on Saturday, it's a home game, of course, for Michigan. So they're going to have the recruits on their sidelines, and they're, they're going to you know, have a tremendous group there. But those kids are going to see Ohio State, too, and a whole lot of them are getting recruited by the Buckeyes, too. So that'll be interesting. It is the game week. He is the dean of Ohio State football recruiting. Appreciate it, Bill. Thank you, my friend. Always my pleasure, Dave. I'll talk to you again soon. Great stuff from Bill Curlick, as always. Let's check in with none other than Heath Schneider, a.k.a. Heater. Heater, good to see you. How you doing? I'm doing great, brother. How are you? I'm doing well. Your main takeaways from this game, my friend. Oh, uh, so it was a uh, decidedly and intentionally uh, vanilla game, uh, which you would expect uh, as you head towards the game. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that you would want to see. You saw exactly what you wanted to see in this game. You wanted to see a blowout against an opponent that you should have blown out. You wanted to see no injuries. You wanted to see nothing put on tape that they could use later on. Everything was pretty doggone vanilla. It was a base offense, uh, for the most part that I saw. Uh, so all of that was exactly what you would want to see. A couple of things that you still need to work on. Uh, you know, I've been harping on the consistent, I've been consistent in my uh, Kyle McCord inconsistency criticisms. And that continues this time. Like he, he had a stat game, a stat line that read well, it was 20 for 30 to 12, two touchdowns, but he, he would, he, he had a, he had a, he had a point in there where he was like three for nine in the middle of the game uh, passing as he, you go through your progression. Right. And then he finished with completing his last seven in a row. Uh, he would, he would drop a dime. I think it was on uh Ekbuka down the, down the seam. Uh, and that was a gorgeous pass uh, caught in stride. And then he would turn into third row Joe Bowserman 
uh, and while and you know would miss easy throws out in the flats, the the throw that should have been a touchdown to Fleming, who was wide open on the go, uh, those kind of things where you just leave passes and 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 points on the field, you just can't have that. Certainly not next week against the opponent we're going to be going up against in Ann Arbor. Uh, so you have to see the consistent the consistent version of of Kyle McCord next week. Otherwise you're going to have some, some serious struggles on offense. So how are we feeling going into the game? I'm feeling like I I'm, I'm not, I'll, I'll be nervous as heck. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie, but like if I had to bet, I think Ohio State's going to win this game, but man, it's going to, I'll be nervous. I, I can't wait to watch the game after Ohio State's after Ohio State wins when I can rewatch the game. You so, yeah. Oh, I know exactly what you're That's the only time I'll enjoy the game is when I can rewatch it. <laughs> uh, so, yes, agreed. Uh, nervous going into it. However, I would say, I'd say a couple of things. One, uh, I think the defense is peaking at exactly the right time. Uh, they, they are showing uh, big over the last couple of games, under 200 yards given up again. Uh, I, I, what do we have? We have... 89 receiving yards, uh, 70 rushing yards. Uh, that's that's I I'm down with that a million percent. They still are continuing to make a commitment to uh, not blitzing and letting the front floor do most of the uh, the work uh, for for the most part. There's there's times when they hit it, uh, and so you have opportunity, especially watching the way Michigan played today. Uh, and how they struggled against uh, Maryland. And don't get me wrong, I know it was a tighter game uh, uh, early on for us against Maryland as well. But they, you know, this was a this was a game that really went down deep into the fourth quarter for them. And I saw nothing special out of Kyle McCord. Or I'm sorry, excuse me, JJ McCarthy. Uh, I saw Corum. Uh, didn't look like he was superhuman either. That offensive line is not crazy at blocking uh, the way they were the last couple of years. Their their tight ends are terrible at uh, at blocking in the running game. Uh, so you have opportunity here next week uh, with a good defensive court uh, showing, uh, similar to what they've been doing. And if you throw in. Uh, <laughs> Nice flash on the screen. Uh, you throw in a consistent McCord. Get to hear my uh, reply to him. You're though. sitting in a good spot, I think. Doesn't uh, it, I love when someone bitches and complains about people bitching and complaining? Go right. Ahead. Yeah, it makes sense. And how it's not even that. It's like, hey, what what do you see that has to be better in order for you to achieve the goals that you want the team to achieve? Uh, they need to have a more consistent. Kyle McCord, it, we would be remiss if we sat here and said he played a, a terrific game all the way straight through. He was three for nine in the middle of the game at one point. And then he finishes with – and actually I think uh, Keenholz was was four for four. So like Ohio State quarterbacks finished with 11 straight completions. That's awesome. Uh, but three for nine in the middle is is not, right? And we'd be remiss if we didn't, if we didn't point that kind of stuff out. Having Henderson out there, uh, a fresh-legged, healthy Henderson is uh, just RB1 with a bullet. The guy is an absolute stud. I expect to see him do well next week. Uh, he, You know, that long run he had, that long pop at the beginning of the 
the third quarter, showed great vision uh, on that, cut into the hole, and and was just launched and was gone. Um, you know, earlier this year, you and I were talking about uh, uh, Dallin Hayden and the frustration and not playing him when all when it seemingly like the entire running back room was hurt. Uh, and here we are now at the end of the season. He still has his red shirt. He has an opportunity to play next week and in the postseason. At, uh, at sometimes the the coaches get it right, I guess. The, no matter how much we complain. And and by the way, this was a good win for those that thought like, oh well, Ohio's only won by thirty four. I hope you went and like put a little money on it because they were only favored by twenty seven and a half. And, like, this is not one of those games you're going to go balls to the wall in the second half to, like, yeah. win as many by as many, many points as you can. The week before the Michigan game, you win 37-3. to three. Yep. That's a good win. I picked 34-6. to six, And I was thinking, even after time, like, maybe I'm being a little too optimistic because I know they're going to try and get a lead and rest guys, 34-6. to 37-3, I mean, that's a good win. Like, anybody who's being super negative, I don't get it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's things that we're going to pick apart. But um, going back to Ohio State-Michigan, um, my gosh, has a Michigan assistant coach been suspended yet today? Because I don't know. I mean, that seems like a thing that happens like every day or or, may, or even a head coach or fired, whatever. I mean, again, though, I mean, Michigan's a five and a half point favorite. Um, again, I mean, give me your so give me your confidence level one to ten. The Buckeyes are going to win this game. Right now, this moment, I am seven and a half to eight. Uh, I feel I feel pretty doggone good with where we're at. Anything can happen, right? Crazy springs slips. Anything can happen at some point in that game. Uh, it's both, it's going to, it looks like it might be a little bit of a weather game. We'll find out as we get closer. I feel like we're in a pretty good spot. Uh, like I said, the defense is peaking at the right time. You get a, you have a, a really good running attack right now uh, with Henderson in there, as long as he stays healthy. Um, you know, Michigan, with all of the distractions they have going on, the best thing I ever uh, read about this thing was someone described it as a advent calendar of disaster. Each day you open up the door and there's a new surprise for you. And <laughs> as we count down, it's absolutely insane. Um, everything that they're going to is, uh, of course, all self, self-inflicted self gunshot wounds. Nobody brought this on to Michigan other than Michigan. And if they're distracted by it, so be it. And then it, it's on them the, to battle through it. And if they can't, uh, I'll take the win. Why wouldn't I? You know, uh, I'm going to look for every edge I can. Yeah, I don't even know how much this hurts them. I mean, now that they're losing, I guess they lost a position coach. Their linebacker. I guess they've lost, well, they lost two now, Partridge and <laughs> I'm losing. I'm losing track. Wait, Clink's. Klingscale didn't get fired yet. He just deleted not yet. He Twitter. just deleted Twitter, just, right? Just, you know. By the way, kudos to you for those that don't know. Heater like a month ago was like hot take out of nowhere, and everybody, including some Buckeye fans, but definitely every Michigan fan was like, "Look at this kook." He <laughs> predicted, "Oh yeah, Jim Harbaugh's coached his last game at Michigan." Hmm. One for one, yeah. one for one, and then so I, I actually kind of hope your other hot take isn't doesn't come true because that I hope it doesn't too, but it scares me. I tell you what, that, that environment right now scares me. You still have a large percentage. I don't know what that percentage is, but a large percentage of Michigan fan base believes Ryan day is the cause of all of this, that he hired a private investigator firm and blah, 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 his brother, this, that, and the other, which still doesn't change the fact that your team cheated 
that's clearly been proven and accepted by Michigan when they they said, hey, we're not going to fight this thing anymore. You can say, you know, you can sign an agreement that says nobody has accepted guilt or liability in this part. However, in the court of public opinion, everybody knows that they were cheating. And so you can sit there and say that it's all Ryan Day, but it doesn't change the fact at the end of the day whether or not your team cheated, which they did. It, it is a train wreck up there. I saw something on Twitter slash X earlier today that they have fired more coaches this year than they've won bowl games in the last 20 years. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and Harbaugh, not just games. If you want to talk about games, it's, it's, a, it's a whitewash. But just like amount of time suspended, Jim Harbaugh, twice. Bowl wins for Jim Harbaugh. One, he's mm-hmm. – Twice suspended, once won a bowl game. So for those who don't know, so Heater's like main, you know, his first hot take was Jim Harbaugh's coach's last game for the Michigan. Looks like that's going to be right. His second hot take was the game will not be played this year. That's what we were just talking about right there. Um, It's a scary environment. We'll see. We'll see. You're going up. You're going up to a very nasty place to play. I've stood on the sidelines for an entire game before up there, uh, 2003. Um, you know, you have that single tunnel going in and out and you have an entire fan base that believes Ryan day is the cause of all of their problems, which he is by the way, uh, just not in the way they think. Um, and, and you have, when you have all of that nastiness fueled with 24, seven, uh, reporting on it, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, for clarification, right? Yeah. For, for clarification, uh, it, it just sets up for something nasty, and I pray I pray uh, to God that nothing uh, nothing bad happens while the team is up there. Hopefully, everybody is it focuses just on the stuff on the field, you know, and doesn't do anything stupid. Great stuff, my man. He is heater. Get on Bucknuts. You can read his immediately after the game analysis. It's great stuff as always, Mister Schneider. Yeah, thank you very much, my friend. All right, brother. I'll chat with you. He's my man in Amsterdam. He is Heath Schneider. Let's bring in the czar of Dayton Radio. It's like old times. Mark Neal. My man in Minneapolis. My man in Amsterdam. (laughs) I'm up here in Minneapolis. uh, Buckeye fan out in the middle of nowhere, but hey. Buckeye fan in Minneapolis. We had to have you on, man. I mean, you're like... You're Bucknuts royalty. You're a good friend of mine. I had to have you on when they're playing Minnesota. So, I mean, like, I mean... (laughs) People are going to like pick things apart, you know, but like 37 to three over Minnesota, I'll take that every day, especially knowing Min- uh, the Michigan games next week and you want to rest your guys. You're not trying to like, just score as much as you can and leave your starters in there. Well, one thing about sports is that um, initially you look at like, how do you do against really good teams? And sometimes, obviously that matters, but sometimes you have to look at what do you do against teams that you're supposed to do really well against. And the last two weeks, they whipped the pants off Michigan State, and they whipped the britches off of Minnesota. When you do what you're supposed to do, there's got to be something to that. That's part of the road, right, Dave? And they did that. They did what they're supposed to do. Sometimes that's not as sexy as whipping up on somebody that's a top 10 team or a top 15 team or even a top five team. But doing what you're supposed to do is part of the road to getting to 11-0 and and as we were told many times, the best part of be about being eleven and zero is an opportunity to go twelve and zero, and here we are. 
Dylan Hayden getting some run. He's now played in three games. A lot of people are wondering, like, what are we doing? He's definitely going to play in two more games, right? If they, yeah, if they go to the college football playoffs. So let's hope all of this was for naught that Dylan Hayden won't redshirt because that means like he's going to be playing in meaningful games in uh, January. But uh, good to see Dylan Hayden out there and get to that. I want you to get to that. But before you get to that, speaking of running backs, Travion Henderson, my goodness, he just brings a different element to this offense. Kudos to Travion. The ebb and flow of the season is crazy. I have my, my old neighbor, Rob, who's out there, a great friend of mine. I text talk louder. I text with Rob sometimes, and I talk to him, and I'm like, he, he, we complain about the running backs earlier in the season. And you look at it now, and it's like Trevion is far and away the best running back on this team, and it's not even close. Uh, and and they are a completely different offense with him out there. It's not even. I mean, it's not even uh, uh, something to debate. Uh, Mayan is a nice running back. He's a really nice running back. Chip as well. But this is a different offense with Trevion, and he is completely some something that adds to this team. And when he's out there, he just he hits the holes, especially when he's healthy. And I worry about that with him in the NFL because he really struggles to stay healthy. But when he's healthy, he's a factor of factors, and he's healthy now. And thank God, because going into that Michigan game, him being healthy uh, is, uh, is, is really something that could steady this balance uh, between these two teams that are very, very close in terms of their abilities. Yeah, I mean, so your confidence level as a Buckeye fan going into this game next week. Well, I heard Heater going on before me, seven, seven and a half. I'm the woe is me Buckeye fan of woe is me Buckeye fans. I'm sitting at 50-50 right now. This is as talented uh, of a Michigan roster as I think we've run across in a long time. A lot of upper-class talent. It's the rare combination of the uh, the veteran Michigan quarterback against the first-year Ohio State quarterback. They run the football. We both toyed with Penn State, but they really toyed. I mean, they just toyed with Penn State. It was just like the the when you have the string and the toy on the end of the string with the cat. That was what Michigan did to Penn State. It was just ridiculous. I and it's in Ann Arbor. I mean, I am a little concerned. I'll say I'm fifty fifty right now. I was at the shoe last year for this game, and I went in there uber confident. And I, you know we can say all we want about what was going into that game. But this year in Ann Arbor, that team's playing with a chip on its shoulder. And if that matters uh, just to people uh, that are, you know, with shoulder pads on after all that, then, then so be it. But I, 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 I gotta say, and I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think we're going to win every game. I am concerned. I mean, I don't know where you are, Dave. I'm, I'm 50, 50 at best on this. Kyle McCord scares the crap out of me. Yeah, I mean, you know, being a child of the 90s, like I'll, I'll never even <laughs> even like going to the 2008 game, which was like you know, before the game started, you knew the Buckeyes were going to blow it. I'm thinking like, let's just make let's, let's just like wait. Let's just make sure uh, 2008, probably the worst Michigan team ever um, lost to Toledo that year and finished three and nine. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm about 55, 45. Ohio State's going to win this game. I'm confident to an extent, but not like obviously supremely confident. Um I see what you're saying about like a 50-50 game. I will say this. After watching Michigan today and I watched the entire game, they're susceptible. You know, they have not been punched in the mouth yet until today. And, and you know, they're a good team. There's no doubt about it. I love their D-line. 
Their O-line, I think, is overrated. I think their two guards are really good. Their tackles are overrated. I mean, this Barnhart guy acting like he, there's no way this Barnhart guy is going to play in the NFL. Duke Tobin for the Bengals might draft him in the first round. Unless Duke Tobin falls in love with him, that kid ain't playing in the NFL. He's a liability. 52 for Michigan. Liability. 52 for Michigan. Barnhart. Liability. But they're physical. Even like even the guys that aren't that good on their O-line are physical. And they've got two really good guards. They got a good center who transferred in. Again, their tackles are susceptible. D-line's huge. I think Ohio State's going to win the game. But again, man, I'm like 55-45. Death taxes and Dave Biddle being Eeyore over the Bengals' current situation. Uh, the the constants in the world right now. Um, no, I mean, I hear you. Ohio State's got the better roster. Will they win? I don't know. I'll, I, I mean, let me say this, though. Kudos to Ryan Day for something. This program a year ago right now, people were calling him a Lincoln Riley type coach with this incredible offense, but a defense that was Swiss cheese. Look at where we are a year removed from that. This is a, I mean, now granted, this is going to be the best offense that Ohio state has seen at least in the last year, easily this season. So they've got a lot to prove, but this defense has so much talent right now they're missing a star not a good player a star on every level of the defense mike hall tommy eichenberg lathan ransom all out right now missed this game they almost had a shutout granted uh, it's minnesota but like i said earlier doing what you got to do against teams that you're better than is part of the road what he's done and with bringing in jim knowles the recruiting the development this defense is nowhere near where I thought it would be with Ryan Day. I really thought Ryan Day was going to be this Lincoln Riley type coach, the shootout type coach, and it's changed. This is what gives me some hope that they can actually beat Michigan because this defense has legit talent. Now, of those three, how many play next week, Dave? That's, I mean, is Latham out? Probably. Definitely. Paul is a 50-50. I guarantee Eichenberg plays. Eichenberg would play with a peg leg next week. Uh, that just, I mean, he's an Ohio kid for crying out loud. So is Hall, but still, you know what I mean? Uh, this is a good defense. And finally, when you have a good defense to go with an offense, that's pretty darn good. Like we have, uh, I feel a little bit better, but this defense has come so far. Yeah. Let's get into that. I'm glad you brought that up. Lathan's definitely out unless something miracle, unless a miracle happens. I mean, coach day said this past week that he's out for, he won't be back for at least the next couple of weeks. We had heard that he's just done for the year and he's going to get ready for the draft. Coach Day stopped short of saying that and said, actually, there's a chance he could come back um, sometime this year. So my takeaway from that was there's a chance that they make the CFP. This is just me translating. If they make the CFP, there's a chance we'll see Lathan. If it's anything short of that, we won't. My call, I hope it's 50-50. Just the way Coach Day answered it on Tuesday, I knew he was out tonight. I knew that that was going to happen. But like the way he answered, I'm like, damn, that doesn't sound good. Hopefully, my call, even if it's limited snaps, because you're going to need depth. Ty Hamilton and Ty Leak can hold it down. I, I especially Ty Leak and Ty Hamilton is a good player too. But like, what if those guys get gassed or get banged up? And I like I like Hero Canoe, but like, I'm concerned about my call that he won't be ready for next week. We'll see about that. We won't know until game time. Um, I agree with you about Tommy. I think he'll play. It. Look, like he could have played tonight. I would have lost a bet. I would have thought, like, on senior day, they'll get him out there for at least a play just to get no him out doubt. there. No doubt. 
Like, but uh, he must have been like, don't worry about it. I want to be ready for Ann Arbor. <laughs> as, as Jim, I love Jim. Jim Knowles is hilarious. He's always like, Tommy just grunts like, Tommy, you cool? You okay with us like leaving you out of this game? <laughs> okay, okay, we will. Okay, it's cool. But seriously, I agree with you. Tommy's going to be okay. Good, good seeing Proc back tonight. You know, Mike Hall's the one I'm keeping a close eye on, though, Mark. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like what I've seen. Jack Sawyer, I mean. I don't know. That, I mean, he, it's like that Scooby-Doo where they rip off the mask and it's somebody else. Um, Jack Sawyer was amazing today, and I've been waiting for this for a long time, and I'm sure he has too. I, I, I always question, like, why does this guy play so much? We saw it tonight. He, he, there's something there. He's surrounded by coaches that know considerably more than I do. He was amazing today, uh, and if that's a sign of things to come, there's a reciprocating thing with the end position and, and his success only makes JTT play better. That's just how that always works. Same reason San Fran went and got chased to go along with Nick. That's a reciprocating thing. And then you got Ty Leak and hopefully Mike in the middle. That's a front four as good as we've seen here in a minute. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the, the defense, Tommy is just such a leader though to go along with things. I'm just so impressed. I just gush over this defense because I just didn't think it would ever get here. Kudos to Jim Knowles. I mean, last thing, I mean, yeah, let's, we'll get you out of here on this. I mean, Jim Knowles, I mean, took a lot of heat and rightfully so, um, you know, now did he inherit a uh, defense that maybe was not as talented as people thought? Absolutely. Just look at the draft. Look at the draft. One Buckeye on defense was drafted and it was a third round pick. Zach Harrison. That's not Ohio State standards. That being said, he still couldn't do what he did against Michigan, his defense, and Georgia. But he owned it. He was the first to say that's on me. And who knows, maybe, you know, the Michigan game, now that we know, maybe that was not, you know, completely above board. Regardless, <laughs> kudos to Jim Knowles. Talk about earning your money and proving all of his naysayers wrong. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know how defense is. It's a lot about the pieces as well. Um, if you want to run a specific type defense, you need specific type players sometimes to play this role, that role, et cetera. And, you know, both sides of the football, Ohio State, and I understand this at every level, whether it's high school up to the pros, you're dealing with injuries. But on both sides of the ball, whether it's been Trevion or Mayan or Omeka or on the defense with Tommy and now Mike and Latham and Denzel, the amount of games missed by star players on this team has been amazing. But, you know, this is the big test. So you can pass all the pop quizzes you want, but when it comes time to final exam time, uh, that's where you know, the you know the proof can be in the pudding. And we'll find out. Jim Knowles, this is the biggest game. And, I, and I, you know, you might think I'm crazy. I think it's the biggest game in Ryan Day's short career, bigger than that Georgia game, because – People were not about to say, eh, sh should he be the Ohio State coach? We lost to Georgia. People are going to say, eh, should he be the Ohio State coach if he loses to Michigan, whether it's deserved it or not? This, to me, is the biggest game in Ryan Day's coaching career. Uh, so, I mean, this is this is what it's all about. 11-0 Michigan, 11-0 Ohio State for all the marbles, the two big swingers in the conference going head-to-head. -head. Uh, this is what it's all about. This has been Big Ten football for, God, how long? Our whole lives plus. I can't wait. I cannot wait. We are less than a week away. Mark Neal, great stuff, my friend. Appreciate you. Thanks, pal. Good to see you, buddy. He is the czar of Dayton Radio. Even though he's in Minneapolis, he still is the czar of Dayton Radio. Mark Neal. 
longtime host of Bucknuts Post Game Live, pregame shows for Bucknuts, longtime Dayton sports scene host. He started Dayton sports scene on ESPN Radio 1410 in Dayton, and and just a good guy, just a good guy. So thanks to my guests so far, Bill Curlick, Heath Schneider, Mark Neal. We're going to hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon after postgame interviews. I love what we got uh, some of our loyal listeners in here breaking news. Um, since I can't watch the uh, press conference, we had Lynn Br- Lynn's Breezy saying, listen, we were talking about Tommy. Like, I, bet he, I bet Tommy wanted to play. And Lynn's is like, yeah, I mean, Day said Tommy wanted to play, but he chose to keep him out. Day chose to keep Tommy out. He said Tommy was not happy about it. I imagine Tommy was not happy about that. I would have lost a lot of money there. I would have said there's no, even if like he's, once he's dressed, which he was, I've been like, there's no way he's not going to get in there for like a play on senior day, but he didn't. And really that's the smart move. If you know, you're going to play like a player or two just for show, why do it? I still would have guessed that, that they would have done that. Cause we see it all the time in sports, but still the smart thing to do. If you know, you're banged up, you want to be as healthy as possible for next week. It's smart to not even risk it, even for a play. So, uh, Happy to be wrong there. This is good news. Mike on YouTube, will you will verify this as you said. He said, Patrick will tell you. Ryan Day made it sound like Mike Hall could play. That's fantastic news, if that's true. That's fantastic news. In fact, now that is timing. That is timing. Patrick Murphy, welcome to the show. Hello. Patrick Murphy live from Ohio Stadium. Now, now I was just fielding a uh, comment from a viewer. He said, Patrick will tell you, Dave made it sound like my call could have played tonight. Yeah, not necessarily tonight, but uh, next week he said they expect everyone back on defense initially when talking about Tommy Eichenberg. And then somebody asked, does that include my call? And he said, yeah, you know, we, we think we should should have everyone back. I assume he doesn't mean Lathan Ransom, who is still walking around. He's actually walking this week, which is good. Last week he was on a scooter, but had a boot on that ankle or that foot or lower leg, whatever you want to call it. But we've heard Ryan Bay say these things before, and uh, it has not turned out to be the case. So we will see on that one. But he did – that is a correct statement. He did say that uh, they expect everyone back. So. Yeah, and I mean, give me your take on this. When Ryan Day like says something on his own is one thing. When somebody asks, when he makes a statement, someone's like, does that include X, Y? And he's like, yeah. I take that, the latter, with a big grain of salt. It's not like he well, came sure. out like, hey, my call is going to be okay next week. Right. I mean, he was much more definitive about Tommy. He talked about how basically he and Tommy had to have a fist fight. Those are his words uh, of, to not play. He said it went to text messages last night. You know, trying to explain to Tommy that there are bigger goals at hand here. And yes, he understands the senior day and all that. Uh, but Tommy really wanted to play. So that sounded much more definitive that Tommy will be back next week. He did warm up uh, today. Uh, I thought he was going to play based on what we saw early on, but he did not. Uh, so yeah, the, the Mike Hall thing, look, Ryan can say whatever he wants about these things. And, and you know, it doesn't, it's not like he's held to, oh, you said he was going to play. So he's got to be out there, right? So. You know, and in the moment in a press conference like that, you know, maybe it's a situation where they're hopeful. And so what he says is true. They do hope to have everyone back next week, even if they don't think he can come back next week. I mean, he can say uh, he can say he hopes that he's back for sure. What are some of your big takeaways from 
the press conference from Coach Day, from the players. Um, pretty broad question, but just get into your biggest takeaways from post-game press conferences. They're ready, uh, at least in terms of the, the mentality for this, this next week. Um, you know, guys admitted that, you know, this has been in the back of their head, as you would expect all season, this game against Michigan, um, that they, you know, the, the last two years have loomed in the back of their minds, the losses to, to their rival. Kyle McCord talked about being able to actually contribute. And he said, you know, that's been kind of the, the thing I've taken the most out of the games this year is I, I've actually been a part of them on game day. And obviously this year will uh, – will include that Michigan game. Um, so Jack Sawyer, you could tell, is every time Michigan came up, he kind of got a smile. He's a local kid. So I think that's that's a big thing. They're ready for this. Um, now, whether they can go out there in Ann Arbor and, and get the job done, I think that's a, another conversation. But I do believe that they are uh, ready to go in terms of their you know mental approach. They handled their business here. They didn't look ahead, and now it is officially rivalry week. Boy, Travion Henderson brings a different element to this offense. Yeah. I, mean, I think a lot of people, when he was banged up last year and even earlier this year, kind of wrote him off. Man, it's kid's a stud. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's there's still – I think you would like him to do certain things a little bit better, maybe those few yards or things like that. But when you can hit a home run like he does, and you saw it on the first play of the second half again, same similar to the Notre Dame game where he did it. I believe that was the first play of the second half too. It's, it's just a game changer. I mean, it's, it's the same as, you know, throwing the ball up to Marvin Harrison Jr. in those situations. Any play can be, can be huge uh, for them. And, look, it really helped turn this game because it was, what, 13 nothing at halftime, and the offense was just kind of, as Kyle McCord said, they were moving the ball. They just weren't finishing drives. The red zone issues came up again. Well, you know, you avoid the red zone issues. You go 75 yards to the house, and not everybody on this team can do it. Travion Henderson is a guy who can. And you know, I do think he has gotten better at those little things I mentioned. You know, he's rarely getting stopped for a loss. I think he did a couple times today, but it's not as much as it was early in his career. And to me, he looks healthy. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's still bruised and, and banged up a little bit as everyone is at this point. But I do think, as weird as it is, that those three weeks off probably made him one of the, the fresher players, so to speak, that are going to play in this game next weekend. And you know, we've seen the last couple of years Michigan's ability to run the football. Ohio State's got got some of that there, and, and I think it's going to be important, especially if the weather forecast is what it looks like. And, you know, they're calling for cold and snowy and whatnot up in Ann Arbor. So you're going to need Trey, no doubt. Oh, now they're calling for snow. Last I saw it was uh, supposed yeah. to be dry. I knew it was going to be in the 20s. Not a huge surprise. All right. Yeah, should um, be fun. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a couple years ago. A couple more things. What do you make of the Dallin Hayden situation? He looked good tonight. This is his third game, so he could play one more game and still redshirt. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to redshirt him if possible. Just what do you make of the whole the way they've handled Dallin Hayden? What do you think the way he uh, ran the ball tonight? Yeah, it's I'm gonna it's I'm gonna be honest. It's it's weird. <laughs> you know, I know you want to redshirt this kid, but if he's your starting running back next year and has a really good season, you think he's coming back for his senior year? Like, I don't I don't understand the need to you know if, if you do redshirt him, great. But it seems to me that this they forced it a little too much. I was glad he got the opportunity today. I think some of that had to do with let's not get Chip banged up as well. Um, you know, you just don't need to risk it at this point. Now, I didn't catch the answer to this, but Ryan Day was asked about the postseason and if Dallin Hayden could play in 
the postseason, any postseason games without the red shirt. And I thought, so, so the way the press conference works, they, a lot of times they bring uh, players in towards the end of coach day's time. And so that was happening, right? It's kind of, he was answering the question. I was starting to talk with Jack Sawyer. And I think he said that the rule allows him to play in the postseason without affecting that four game number. I could be wrong. I could have misheard that. I haven't looked at the rule, but um, you know, so, so beyond next week, next week would be game four for Dallin. If he had to play in that game, uh, possibility that he could play in the big 10 championship game or beyond if they need him to again, not positive on that, but I thought that's what coach day said. And in terms of how he played, I think he looks like how Dallin Hayden's looked all season. I think he looks really good when he's got the ball in his hands. He still needs to improve in uh, you know, the pass blocking and stuff like that. But you are able to get a lot done with him when he's got the rock. And, you know, I think that's probably the most important thing with the running back. You don't want to get your quarterback killed, but if you need him to run the ball, he's certainly there. And at this point in the year, you've got to win every game, right? So if you need down, you play down. Yeah. I wonder if that's a relatively new rule that you can, um, you know, the postseason games do not count, including big 10 championship game, bowl game slash playoff games. Cause I thought postseason games, counted but it sounds like it doesn't because they were talking about that on the tv telecast as well a lot of people in the yeah. comments that all right let's get chatter here on this if you're a buckeye fan your confidence level going into ann arbor less than a week from now uh i think it is higher after watching michigan today uh that they were now i didn't see every snap of that game because we were down here on the field but we were all kind of following along and then i saw all of the first half and and then the end of the game um Look, I, I think what we've seen the last two weeks is that Michigan is beatable. They have not looked like this just dominant force playing Penn State and playing Maryland. They've won both those games, and they've had some really good moments in both of those games, and they obviously are still a very good team. But you know, I think if they played the same schedule Ohio State did this season, you would have similar questions about Michigan. Um, and look... I don't think there's a team in the country, even Georgia, the last couple of weeks has looked like the best team in the country. I think there's still some questions about the Bulldogs. So I don't think that's unreasonable. Um, but I would say you should feel pretty good. Look, I think the offense has started to come back. We didn't talk about Emeka Buka, but he had finally, uh, I don't want to say a breakout game, but finally looked more like Emeka Buka. You obviously know what some of these other guys can do. You know what the defense is going to do. Um, I think it's going to be a dogfight. I don't, I can't, I can't imagine that the final score looks anything like the last two years, unless something crazy happens or, or there's an injury that really affects things. I just have to think that you know, this is going to be a, a battle between two of the best teams in the country, two of the best teams in the Big Ten. And I think if you're Ohio State, this team has proven a lot this year, and you should feel pretty good. I think you'd feel a little bit better if it were out on this field, this field right there. But, uh, yeah. you know, it is what it is. You get them every other year at your place, and they've got to go handle their business. So... I don't know. I, I, I'm going to dive into Michigan more throughout the week. I've obviously watched them throughout the year. But, yeah, I, like I said, I, it, they're not this unbeatable force, I don't, I don't think. And you know, Ohio State isn't either. But, I, again, I still think you should feel like this team has certainly, I, I would say, even more than a puncher's chance to go up there and get a win. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a fun game. Now the only thing I need to do is figure out how to unban Lynn's Breezy, OH, loyal listener. I was trying to ban, and I did a troll, a Michigan troll, but there was another comment and I accidentally banned Lynn's Breezy and now I can't unban her. I'll have to uh -oh. figure out how to do that. Patrick, if you can figure out how to unban Lynn's Breezy OH on YouTube, please do that for me. Lynn's right. Breezy I'll... OH. Unban right, her. All right, thank you. Let's bring Steve right. Hill in. 
I'm gonna try. Thank you, Patrick. Great stuff. All right, see you guys. Steve, I'm out here banning people unintentionally. How are you doing, Mr. Hellwagon? You know, Dave, I said let's make this a carbon copy of the Michigan State game. It wasn't an exact pristine carbon copy, but 37 to 3 is about as close as you can get to 38 to 3. So I'd say it was pretty close to about the same thing. And, uh, you know, the first half, you have to give Minnesota credit. They were not going three and out. They were getting at least one first down to move the ball close to midfield and then punting Ohio State back inside the 10-yard line. Ohio State, it's in my story, they started uh, all five of their possessions inside their own uh, 20, and like four of them were inside the 15 or something stupid. So to only be up 13 to nothing at halftime, that's really not that big of a surprise given how bad the field position was. And really, you know, I mean, you were playing great defense. They weren't scoring. They were getting like one first down and pinning you back. I mean, it was the stupidest uh, sequence of football that, that you can – I mean, there wasn't much that Ohio State could really do about it. I mean, it was just kind of, you know, just the way it worked out. And so uh, just a, a great a great performance all the way across the, the board, I thought. Uh, people are mad about Kyle McCord again. You know, what do you people want? Eggs in your beer. I just – guy's 11-0, and 0, and, uh, you know – He's fine. You know, did he miss some throws? Yeah. I mean, the red zone settling for those field goals in the first half wasn't good. I I grant everybody that. But some of the links to some of these dumbass comments about who who should go in the portal, you know, why don't you go in the portal? You know, that's kind of my feeling. And we've got people on there, you know, starting a a thread. We've got to fire – the special teams coach, because they had a mistake again today. You know what? Take that crap somewhere else. We don't do that at Bucknuts. We, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't sit here and lobby. We haven't done that for the 20 years I've been here. We have never been about lobbying for people to be fired. So can you make a fair comment? The special teams suck. Yes. But when you use the word fire in there, that's where it crosses the line. You know, if, Coach Day wants to make a change on his staff. He's more than willing to do that. The man's 56 and 6. So, you know, I just, they're 11 and 0, and people just, you know, insist, insist on being dumbasses about some of this stuff. And, you know, we got the biggest game in the history of the rivalry 119 years, Ohio State and Michigan uh, next Saturday, 11 and 0 versus 11 and 0. The fifth time in the history of the rivalry, both teams will enter undefeated, untied, second year in a row, and uh, just the third time both are 11 and 0 with 2006 and last year. So we got some special stuff here coming up this week, and I know that you and I and Pat are going to be all over it as the, the week unfolds. So Michigan looks shaky today. They won. Um, if you're a Buckeye fan, how confident should you be going into this game next week? You know, uh, Penn State really didn't play very well last week against uh, Michigan. I think that's pretty obvious. Anybody who watched that game, I mean, Penn State was just so bad offensively that, you know, and, and Michigan's going to make you look like that. Like Maryland, you know, with all those negative yard plays they had, I think they only netted like single digits in rushing, but their quarterback threw for 240 yards. 
Maryland is the first team that has drawn blood on Michigan to score 24 points in that game and to be in it down to the very last play. Uh, they're the first team all year that has drawn blood on Michigan. And Michigan's only played one or two really good teams. So uh, I don't even know if we can call Maryland a good team at six and five, but they have the makings of a pretty good team, but they just, man. If they, had, if they had a good head coach, they'd probably be a good team. God, they just make mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. I mean, they shoot themselves. They have more unforced errors than than any team I've ever seen. I mean, he, him turning that ball over when he's staring right at the defender who's coming right at him, I just – I don't understand that at all. And this is a guy with like 40 career starts doing that. Somebody said they lost the game by seven, and he himself gave them 16 points. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, I guess. Uh, you know, Michigan, is, as Pat said – oh, 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 okay. So go ahead, go ahead. As Mich- I as, you actually were telling me to do that. Go ahead. No, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think Pat said it, that Michigan is not this undefeated or uh, unbeatable team. They are definitely beatable. And I think Maryland showed you some things that if you withstand that big first burst, and I give Michigan all the credit in the world, that first quarter and a half, they played lights. It's 23-3, lights out. I mean, they just kicked Maryland. And Maryland drove for a field goal to start the game. I mean, that was what was crazy. And then Michigan just, boom. 23 points in the blink of an eye. And it was just, you know, you thought, my God, they're going to win this game 50 to three or something stupid. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a great showing. I thought, uh, you know, for them to go on the road, they're probably distracted with all the coaching stuff and everything else that's going on there that uh, for them to win obviously was, uh, was really all they were looking to do. Let me get you out of here on this. How much does any of that, hurt them didn't hurt them at all at Penn State it kind of galvanized them but that was before I think they realized the gravity of the situation they were those the morning of the game you had people like reporting Michigan reporters were still saying the temporary restraining order is going to get you know approved and Harbaugh is going to be coaching against Penn State so they even during warm-ups of that game they thought Harbaugh might come back so it was almost that kind of galvanized them it's like reality hit them this week does that affect them next week? Could it help them? Does it hurt them and not having Harbaugh, not having this other guy, Partridge? Who knows what happens with Clinksdale? Does this help? Does this hurt them at all, Steve? Well, they're going to be back home in their environment. And, uh, you know, for both teams, this really is uh, – oh. oh, God. Just as we're giving a shout-out to the porta potty we lose Steve. I think I think the porta potty did it. We'll see if we can get Steve back here. If not, we had Steve for a while. Yeah, a lot of good points from Steve and Lynn's breezy. We're gonna we're gonna get you unbanned there. As someone said, collateral damage. I'm trying to do five things at once. There's somebody. There was some troll in here. I was trying to ban, and I accidentally clicked on Lynn's. Lynn's, I'm sorry. We will unban you. <laughs> Let's hope we get Steve back. The timing there. How about that? Someone giving a shout out to Steve with his backdrop there. We're all, you know, video podcasting. It's really, they tell you it's important to have a good backdrop. Steve coming through, porta potty at Ohio State. I, I don't think we're going to get Steve back. Now, now it's, I, <laughs> even the little thumbnail tells me we're probably not going to get Steve back. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, Steve. 
<laughs> really had to go. All right. Well, it is the game week. I appreciate all of my guests. Thank you very much to the Dean of Ohio State Football Recruiting, Bill Curlick. And get on Bucknuts, read all of his stuff on recruiting. Another it wasn't as big as last week, but still, it's always a big day when you have a home football game. So get on Bucknuts, read all of Bill's stuff on recruiting. Thank you very much to Heat Heater. I almost call him just Heat Tur. Heater, Heath Schneider. Thank you very much to Heater. Thanks to Mark Neal. Thanks to Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon. And of course, thank you to all of you. Appreciate you guys joining me on tonight's show. Hope everyone has a great rest of your night and a great weekend. Mm-hmm.